the cool thing about the book is that you can go through it and whether your ideas work out or not, or they go through the tests, it's a win for you. It's a win no matter what, because you're discovering what it is about this idea that works or doesn't work now, as opposed to years down the road. So if you've ever been on the fence of starting something, or maybe you have a business already, but you're stuck and, and want to try something new, you know, this would be a great book to check out to just, you know, give you some confidence moving forward in the direction that you want to move. And it's also great in terms of looking inward in terms of finding out why is it that we do what, you, what we do and, and what we're good at and what your strengths are. Welcome to Star of the Doubts. I'm your host, Jared Easley. Joining us, as always, is our official co-host, Kamanzi Constable from Maui. Aloha, Kamanzi. Aloha, Jared. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to get the team back together, and I'm excited <laughs> to talk to our guest. Yeah, it's like we're getting the band back together. And then, of course, uh, our friend from Franklin, Tennessee, Chris Murphy from FullCircleMusic.org. Hey, Chris. Rock and roll, baby! And our guest really doesn't need an introduction. He's been on the show a few times. Pat Flynn is the author of the new book, Will It Fly? He's also the mastermind behind the popular blog, SmartPassiveIncome.com. Pat is a husband, parent, podcaster, entrepreneur, keynote speaker, and back to the future enthusiast. Pat, welcome back. What to up? Oh. Glad to be back, guys. Thanks for having me. <laughs> All right, Pat. So you may recall uh, when we first did a, an interview, probably like three years ago, we attempted a reenactment of Star Wars. And now that your voice is at full throttle, which I'm sure people will hear, we thought it'd be appropriate to do that again. It was so embarrassing the first time around. I have to remind myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, th thank you for lowering your standards uh, to do this again. And with Star Wars, no, I doing, love it. I love yeah, it. I think it'll be fun. All right. So uh, that said, uh, Chris is going to be uh, Ben Kenobi and our, uh, I guess our, our narrator, Luke Skywalker, will be played by Kamanzi. I think that's appropriate. Um, I'm going to take Han Solo and, and Pat, if if you would be the iconic Chewbacca. Got it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Chris, if you would uh, kick us off there, bud. Setting the stage. Star Wars, Episode 4, A New Hope. Ben Kenobi, Luke Skywalker, Han Solo, and Chewie are in the Millennium Falcon. They are slowly see a planet in the distance. As they see it, they notice something is going wrong. That's no moon. It's a space station. It's too big to be a space station. <laughs> I have a bad feeling about this. Yeah, I think you're right. <laughs> Full reverse, Chewie. Lock in the auxiliary power. <laughs> the pirate ship sh shudders, and the TIE fighter accelerates away toward the gargantuan battle station. Why are we still moving towards it? We're caught in a tractor beam. It's pulling us in. <laughs> but there's got to be something you can do. There's nothing I can do about it, kid. I'm in full power. I'm going to have to shut down, but they're not going to get me without a fight. And scene! Oh, shit. Cut. Hey, <laughs> clutch as always, man. I know, that last one, that last one. Have you, know. you been practicing? <laughs> uh, no, I literally pulled up a Chewbacca soundbite while uh, <laughs> you guys were talking. I was just like, I need to get at least somewhat close. Because last time it sounded like Tim Allen... From Home Improvement. <laughs> oh, that's right. Uh? Yeah. I, I was hoping you were going to say that you had an idea for a Chewbacca app, which you validated, which would then segue us into our conversation. <laughs> totally. Today. I mean, just all it is is a single <laughs> button that does the Chewbacca sound. So you know how to do it correctly when you get asked to do it on the podcast. <laughs> Thanks for doing that, man. That was fun. <laughs> so, Pat, are you ready for some more serious questions? Oh, absolutely. All right, cool. So let's start off with, Part of your new book is about validating ideas. 
how can we validate this podcast episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think we record a little bit of it and then we share it with people to get their thoughts on it. And if they say it's crap, then we don't have to record the rest of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, well, I guess we'll talk to you in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> it's been a good conversation, guys. Have a good day. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, we'll proceed since I fa- lack, of, <laughs> no, the, lack of a failure to plan on our part. The, the cool part about a podcast is, is like you could just be whoever, whenever. And I, I love how open everybody can be on a podcast. Like there are no rules. But obviously, when it comes to building a business, there's a lot more to it. And, and there's, you know, a lot more time and money that can potentially go into it where you would want to validate it before you actually move forward with it. All right, Pat, you're no stranger to this. This is we call it blank versus blank, where we give you a couple options. You just choose one and, and maybe a, a short reason why. So, Chris, would you kick us off? Sure. Pat, would you prefer customer avatar or a customer plan and why? A customer plan. You know, avatars are OK, you know, in the sense that, you know, you, you at least know who it is that you're kind of speaking to. But I've always had trouble coming up with an avatar. And we hear that all the time. And, you know, it makes sense. You want to know who your business is for, who you're or listeners are, and you kind of make up this imaginary person. But whenever I've tried to do that, like just something doesn't feel right because it just, you, know, you make up this person. And if, if you, if you want to feel what that person is feeling, then it's difficult to do. I always feel like I'm just kind of pretending, you know, in that case. So that's why I like the customer plan. And PLAN is sort of an acronym that I use in the book for finding out the, what the problems are that your particular person or group of people, that market that you're getting into has, the language that they use, anecdotes are actually really real stories, real stories and accounts from people in that space who you can connect with and dive deeper into. And then the needs, like based on the problems and language and the stories that they have, what are their needs? And though, so that's where the business ideas can really come from and what you can then test to see if it works or not. It's sort of like, I don't know if you guys watch the show Mythbuster, but it's my, oh, yeah. one of my favorite yep. shows in, in the world. And what I love about that is they take these things that are you know, myths that may or may not be true. And they actually make them either confirmed or busted depending on whether or not it is actually going to hold on. My daughter's like tapping me. What is it, honey? As she should. She, I don't know. I think she's upstairs, but here she like opened up the office door. This is what happens when your kids start walking. It's oh like, man, you could, you could add a tag team Chewbacca this then. It's too bad she's a few minutes late. Oh, she'd probably do it better than me. <laughs> okay this is real life people real life so you know the Mythbusters show the reason why this is important is because they take these things that you know they're testing them they're using a scientific method to prove or disprove them and they take these big experiments and they often bring them into a smaller controlled scale so that they can see what happens first before they go out and you know do these massive explosions or whatever so they don't get hurt. And that's what we're doing here with the validation idea is that you kind of just do these little small controlled tests before you then go out and build out your business in whole. All right, so Pat, which test would you rather take? A Back to the Future 30th anniversary quiz, the lead AP exam, or the Oprah test? Ah, well, the Oprah test is really good because that's obviously one that's in the book because you guys have read it, but that's awesome. <laughs> but no, you know, first of all, Back to the Future, anything, I have to say yes to. So that would be my preference. But the Oprah test I love too, and this is something I share in the book, where you kind of put yourself in the situation where Oprah, one of her cohorts or whatever, decides to feature you as one of her favorite things. So the business that you have, the, this idea that you have, you're going to be featured in front of millions of people. Like you will be recognized forever for being connected to this thing. 
And then just thinking internally about how that makes you feel can really change the way you approach your business because a lot of people, they don't want to be in the limelight. They don't want to be in front of everybody. They would rather be in the back, kind of just, you know how like newscasters, there's that guy in the ear that's running the show, but they're not the ones on TV. Like some people would prefer to be that. And so this test kind of puts into context. And a lot of these tests at the beginning of the book, which are more, how does this business idea fit into who you are? How does it align with your strengths? Does it actually complement them or does it work against them? You know, just a way to think about these business ideas that you have in a way that makes you really understand whether or not it's something that you should do or how you should approach it. So for me, you know, obviously I would love to be on Oprah. I've run this test through a number of other people and they would prefer not to be that, which is interesting because you might think that that's what, what everybody wants to do, but that's not what everybody wants to do. And you have to really think internally to see if that's actually something that would make sense for you or not. So Pat, we're going to go now into a segment we like to call finish this sentence. Someone comes up to you in an airport and asks you a question. Pat, I haven't seen you in five years. How are you? You respond with life is awesome because. Well, life is awesome because I love the way you guys structure this show, by the way. <laughs> um, so this goes uh, with something called the airport test in the book, which allows you to examine kind of what your ideal future would be like. And it's important because, you know, thinking ahead in the future is great because that's how you know where you want to go and also what you can do to get there. But oftentimes we hear this thing called the five-year plan and it's so boring and it's just like you kind of make a wish list. But no, when you think about it in the context of the airport test, when, like you said, somebody coming up to you and saying, well, why, like, awesome, that's great. Like, what is so great in life? Well, you actually run this exercise where you, for example, you take a sheet of paper, you fold it into four quadrants and you name each of these quadrants the top four most important categories of your life. So your family, for example, or professional life. For me, I have family, professional finances and health. For other people, it might be different. But then you start to list out exactly what those things are that would make you say that life is awesome then. And then this sheet, when it's filled out in front of you, becomes like the most important thing because it shows you what it is that you're working for and why you're doing what you're doing. And it helps you with decisions that you make. Like I've turned down certain business opportunities because they don't fit into this plan that I have, this airport test. And so the way that I would respond to that is, well, because one, April and I are 11 years into our marriage and we're still madly in love with each other. I get to go with the kids and drop them off to school every day. You know, I'm 100% present with my family when I'm with them physically in terms of health. You know, I've checked off finishing a full marathon on my bucket list. I've, I make healthy eating choices. My wife and I both have become examples to our kids to inspire them to live healthy, happy lives. In terms of finances, you know, our kids' college educations are all taken care of. My wife and I never fight about anything related to finances. And we, we have an emergency fund that's already there and all that stuff. And then in terms of professional, you know, it's like I continue to absolutely love what I do. And I think that's what would help me say those things in the future. That's great. And I, it does seem like in over the years that I or all of us have listened to you, you still really have that passion when it comes to helping other people with their online efforts or just building your own and, and testing things out. But how is it different today than when you first started all those years ago? Is it easier or harder for someone else that's starting out today versus maybe when you started? Oh, that's a great question. You know, I'm not the first person to talk about validation. And the first time I heard about it was in Tim Ferriss's book, The 4-Hour Workweek, in a chapter called Testing the Muse, where he tested the idea of selling French sailor shirts, I think it was. And so what he did was he paid Google AdWords to send cold traffic to a landing page that was set up just like they were selling these shirts. And he would track how often people would click the buy now button. And that's how he knew whether or not this business was viable or not before actually then going on and getting inventory and building it and all that sort of stuff. And since then, 
it has gotten a lot easier because it's not just about that anymore. There's a lot more tools and resources that are available. And the other cool thing is there's a lot more communities that have formed for specific markets and niches where people exist, where you can then go and reach out to them, talk to them and discover what their problems are, but also test certain ideas in a small scale. So you might find a group on in a Facebook group, for example, and actually start to have conversations with them about your business idea. And then actually now there's tools that allow us to get pre-orders and get actually paid up front for our ideas too, which is something that was a lot harder to do before. So now you're actually getting validation, not just from people clicking on a button. And obviously you're not just getting validation from people saying, oh yeah, I would totally buy that because what people say and what people would do is, is often different. And so when you get people to actually pay and say, yes, I vote with my wallet that yes, this is something I would buy or use, then you understand fully whether or not that is something actually people would actually want if you were to create it. And then you get a certain amount of people to do it and then it validates whether or not that's something you should focus on and then you move forward with it. And if not, then you can re you know go back to what you were doing in terms of you know how you pitched that idea. Maybe that was the problem or you know the book is divided into very specific steps that allow you to understand where the problem areas are so that unlike before where you would build a business and you just kind of you shout from the rooftops and say, yeah, buy my thing and nobody buys it and then you don't understand why. Well, this process, step by step, you kind of validate one step into the next and if something doesn't check out, then you kind of know where things went wrong and you can go back and fix it. But yeah, it's totally getting a lot easier to do that. You'll, it's a lot more common these days because of the tools that are available and there's a lot of examples in the book in all different kinds of niches from digital to physical products. I mean, there's a guy named Noah Kagan who a lot of us know from AppSumo and SumoMe and he validated in 24 hours, a beef jerky subscription business. <laughs> and he got a thousand, he got people to pay a thousand dollars to validate that that was actually something that they wanted before it even existed. And now that business is pulling in, I think, five figures a month now, wow. uh, which, which is pretty awesome. And so, you know, we share that story and a few other ones in the book too. But, you know, it's pretty incredible because time is of the essence, of course. And, and we want to make sure the time that we spend working on stuff is actually worth it. And, you know, the reason this book, actually exists is because I'm very lucky because I have a show called Ask Pat. And on that show, I have voicemail questions come in from the audience that I answer five days a week, which is really cool. But a cool byproduct of that is I get dozens of questions every single day from people. And the number one question by far that people have when they're asking for help is, how do I know if this thing I'm working on is actually going to pay off in the end? Or how do I know that this is worth it? And I actually tried answering that in an episode of Ask Pat, but it, it was, I couldn't answer it in just 10 minutes. And so that, that's where this book came from. And then when I ran a survey earlier this year, it kind of confirmed and validated that that was still the number one problem that people had. And that's where the book came from. Wow, that's great. Pat, you were the opening keynote speaker for Podcast Movement. I remember in that presentation, you were saying something along the lines, if you had to start over and choose between blogging or podcasting, that you would choose podcasting. So, so that said, we know writing is super important to you because of your blog, and this is your second book. So how important is writing to building a business in the online space, and how can writing help you validate an idea? Yeah, well, writing is great because with any platforms out there that allow you to write and share a message and then get a following, that, that's really where the power lies. Because you know, with writing, unlike podcasting and unlike videos, you know, it's stuff that gets found in search engines. I mean, 28.4% of my audience gets discovers me through Google search at this point, which is really powerful. And of course, mm -hmm. the more you write, the more you're going to potentially get found through searches and whatnot. But also book writing too is really important because it, it allows you to establish your authority. It shows that you aren't just like a, 
little min- minnow in the space that you're in, but you're actually somebody who has some good thoughts and you can put them in a, in a way that is convenient and easy for people to use and take action with. So I think, I think it's really important, especially for podcasters, to learn how to write. And I think every podcaster also has a book in them too, like you guys do. And you know, I think it, it's a great way to complement a show as well. It just allows people to get deeper into what it is that you talk about on your show too. I mean, there's a lot of podcasters out there who have, after releasing their podcast, have come out with books and also vice versa. A lot of authors know that they should be getting on the podcast train, of course. And so that's a sign that podcasters should also be writing books, I feel. And if you, Star Doubts listeners, want to learn how to get your writing out there in a bigger way, like Pat was talking about, make sure you go and listen to episode 145 of Smart Passive Income. <laughs> you can, it was you know, a good one. <laughs> shameless plug. Like that plug there, Jared. That was a good one. Well, I think we're sending people to Pat, so that, that was appropriate, right? Yeah, but no, Kamazi, you, you brought you brought it on that episode. Like, I'm still getting emails from people saying that that was one of the most useful episodes because you give a lot of great step-by-step advice that allows people to take action and see those results rather quickly. So thank you for that again. Oh, thank you. So Pat, when it comes to ideas, how important is experience in deciding on an idea? You know, experience in the beginning, I thought was the most important thing because, you know, why would anybody listen to somebody without any experience on that thing? But I realized that over time you can learn and, and actually get more involved with that thing starting from scratch. For example, you know, I have two examples, actually, my security guard training website and also Food Trucker. I didn't, you know, foodtrucker.com has, has gone on and, and continues to generate passive income for me every month. And that was something that was started without any knowledge in the industry. But because I didn't know anything, I really had to go out there and find that information. And oftentimes I was able to collate that information and structure it and present it in a way that was better than everybody else that was out there. So, you know, I know that's my superpower, taking these things that are were somewhat complicated or, or kind of unknown and, and, and actually putting them into a step-by-step process. And that's what I did on that site. That's what I did in this book. And that's what I do on Smart Passive Income too. So do you need experience? No, but you have to get it at some point. And, you know, that's why we see a lot of blogs that are very successful that on the surface, you're wondering why. It's like there's blogs out there about getting out of debt, for example. And there are people who are writing on those blogs who are massively in debt, but they also share their struggles, what they're going through, how they're getting out of debt, how much they've wiped out already. And because of that, people actually will trust them a little bit more because they're in it with their audience. And that's where I think a lot of the benefit can come from by just putting yourself out there and learning as you go. I think that we all have benefited from your writing in the past, not only on the on the blog at Smart Passive Income, but also with your previous book, Let It Go. Do you look at Will It Fly as a sequel to Let It Go? You know, it's interesting because when we came up with the title, Will It Fly, it really made sense with Let Go because it's like when you let go of something, you actually kind of have to let it fly a little bit. And so in that way, I, I do feel like it, it is kind of a sequel. And, you know, I know the book Let Go was more yeah. an account of my entrepreneurial journey in terms of how I got laid off and then got started. Well, this is like, okay, well, if you're following the same journey and you want to get started too, you know, Will It, will it Fly will show you how to do that in a way where you can confidently move forward with an idea. But the cool thing about this is, you know, it, it is a sequel, but it's it's also not because it's kind of it, it is something that could be read obviously on its own. And my goal with the book is to have people read it and have one of two things happen: they either read it and immediately they go through some of the litmus tests and they discover that there are red flags with this idea versus where they want to go, or with this idea versus the market that they're trying to get into. And so they kind of ditch that idea. And it's better to do that now than what I know a lot of people do, which is they work so long and hard and invest a lot of money into something. 
and then discover later, potentially years down the road, that that's not what they wanted to do or what they shouldn't have done or it just wasn't going to work out. So I want to catch them early and have them ditch their ideas and be confident in, in doing that and confident in letting go of those ideas. And you know, when you have data and research behind it, you can confidently do that. Or I want people to go through it. They get validation throughout the whole process and they discover that their idea is one that they should continue to move forward with. And they're going to be pumped. They're going to be super motivated. And I don't know about you. I know you guys coach people. I coach people too sometimes. And one of the number one things that people need in coaching is sometimes just permission. Like they know what to do. They know where they need to go, but they just need permission from somebody that, yeah, that's a good idea. You should do it. That's what this book is sort of going to become. It's sort of a permission engine, if you will. Sure. And, and excuse me, I meant let go, not let it go. I think I had... <laughs> okay, uh, frozen on your mind. Right? Had, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> in, in our next interview with you, Pat, we're going to redo and uh, sing. Oh, well, let, when my voice comes back, I could definitely do this. <laughs> Love is an open right. door is my uh, selection. <laughs> All right. We, we, might, we might do that as well. Hey, Pat, I'm curious. Uh, who gave you permission to create the title, Will It Fly? Yeah, it's interesting... It came from my mastermind group. And this was a huge struggle for me, this title. And, you know, I, I wrote the first draft of the book even before the title came in. And once the title came, it really helped me glue the book together because it, it was a mess. It was definitely a mess at first. And then, you know, I had a mastermind call. I was on the hot seat and we spent the whole hour talking about, okay, what is the title? Like, walked people through the elements of the book. I shared the intro. I shared different parts of it. And then all of a sudden, Roderick Russell came in from remarkablyhuman.com and he was just like, you know what? It's like people launch things all the time, but launching is just the beginning of it. How do you know if it'll fly? Like, will it fly? And I was like, will it fly? Oh my God, that's awesome. And we just started riffing on that. And then that's where then I started to incorporate a lot of the sort of flying elements into the book and where the story with my son who with the paper airplane in the beginning comes from and all, and all those sorts of things. So it really glued everything together. It's interesting because I was always told don't worry about the title. That'll come later. And it totally did. And I had the book already written. I just, the title kind of glued everything together for me. It was really, it was really fun. And, and it was literally the last minute of the call that that came in. Nice. But all that whole hour needed to happen in order, in order for us to get there. So Pat, we're going to start to wrap up here. I mean, I know if you're listening to this and you're just like me, you're wondering what is the best place and when can listeners pick up a copy of Will It Fly? Thanks, man. Well, it comes out February 1st, and you could find it at willitflybook.com. It's a, it will be a Kindle version and also a physical book that you can get to. I think we lost Chris. Chris, you still with us? I'm I think here. he's yeah, going sorry. to Amazon to get it right now, actually. <laughs> I, was, I was so interested in it. <laughs> he was on the website. That happens. Are you, are you just pumped, though, that you're going to be Dude, able to walk in and see it on the bookshelves? I'm pumped but nervous and excited and I, d I don't know what to expect i mean i know you guys have experienced that and especially you come on see and you know i'm looking at your avatar here on skype and it's you pointing at your book at the bookstore and like man I, I, I can't wait for that feeling yeah take the family and the kids and the kids see you know dad's book on the shelf it's, it's pretty special oh, that's that's been a it, i mean honestly since i was 16 that's been a goal of mine I wouldn't have guessed that this is the book I would have written at that time. I thought it was going to be like a, a fiction sci-fi, you know, back to the future related kind of book. But, you know, will it fly? I'll take it for sure. Absolutely. Well, you can still do that. That could be your I own. I do talk about back to the future in the book, by the way. Oh, nice. Yes. Very yes. cool. As you should. As I should, right? <laughs> and, the, and the DeLorean did fly. So it ties in. It, yeah, absolutely. Ooh. <laughs> 
Well, uh, knowing that when you're wrapping up here, uh, any final thoughts for our listeners just as the book is coming out or as they dig into a copy of the book, if they're listening to this after February 1st? Yeah, I mean, the cool thing about the book is that you can go through it and whether your ideas work out or not, or they go through the tests, it's a win for you. It's a win no matter what, because you're discovering what it is about this idea that works or doesn't work now, as opposed to years down the road. So if you've ever been on the fence of starting something, or maybe you have a business already, but you're stuck and, and want to try something new, you know, this would be a great book to check out to just you know, give you some confidence moving forward in the direction that you want to move. And it's also great in terms of looking inward, in terms of finding out, well, why, why is it that we do what, you, what we do and, and what we're good at and what your strengths are. So I really feel like this is a book that's going to help a lot of people. And I want to thank you guys again for allowing me to share it here on the show and, you know, having fun with me along with it and, you know, bringing back the Chewbacca. I hopefully sounded a little <laughs> bit better than I did in the first time around, but I need to work on it. Like I'll work on it. Next time we get together, I'll, I'll hopefully impress you guys. Take three. Uh, Pat, uh, Pat, I'm sure I'll speak for Chris and Kamazi too, but I, I mean, I've listened to you on your podcast countless hours and just the, the things that have pulled from those conversations and, and those episodes have just played a huge role in, in decisions I've made the last few years that I think have, have helped with podcast movement, with help with putting out a book, with help with being strategic and, and doing, you know, trying to make smart moves. And so I just want to really thank you, man. You, you just continue to make an impact with so many people and we appreciate that. Yeah, well, my pleasure. And thank you guys for taking action. I mean, Jared, what, what you and Dan have done with Podcast Movement has been very awesome to watch and to be a part of that and uh, just is such a pleasure. Thank you again for having having me there. And Kamanzi, like all the work that you do is so inspiring and like literally bringing people to tears on that episode. And man, just I'm so happy to be involved with whatever it is that you guys do. So you know, I wish you all the best. And for everybody out there who's starting your thing, like all it is, is just taking action, just like Jared and everybody else is doing and learning as you go. So thank you again for having me. I appreciate you guys. Thank you, Pat. Thank you, Pat. It's interesting because when we came up with the title, Will It Fly?, it really made sense with let go because it's like when you let go of something, you actually kind of have to let it fly a little bit. And so in that way, I, I do feel like it, it is kind of a sequel. 